Welcome back to King Wall's Court, episode 8, Inbound. And we're going to have a really interesting one today. This morning I am out of the safety of the, the court. I am out and about. And I'm with a guy today who is, I suppose what you, you could say, the heart, part, one of the heart and, heart and souls of the Irish metal scene. Um, the one constant I noticed with a lot of my podcasts with Irish metal bands is they keep referring to track mix studios. Um, this is where they all record. And the man in question, the main man in question is Mick Richards. So today I'm going to have a chat with Mick. See what makes track mix tick. <laughs> Didn't mean for that to rhyme, but it did. And um, we'll have a chat about how he how he goes about things and why people are so interested in coming back and, you know... What makes Mick different to the rest of uh, studios that maybe people would go to? Because I'll tell you something, um, there is an awful lot of loyalty for Mick in the Irish metal community. And um, it'll be a great chat to see what happens, see what he says, see if he's any funny stories, see if he's any little hints or whatever, you know. And if you want to record in here, um, maybe you can. it'll give you an insight on how Mick does his thing. So next time you you hear me, I will be in um, Track Mix Studios. Enjoy.
Well, there you go. That was uh, uh, what you call a rootless bastards by Zara. What a fucking track. Um, I'm out of my comfort zone here in uh, out of Kingwell's Court, and um, Mick has quite kindly invited me into Track Mix Studios. Um, there's this this the term institution is bandied about an awful lot when you think about things, but there's a couple of institutions for Irish metal that I can think of. Um, Fibbers is one. Um, Sound Cellars another. Dublin Metal Events and Track Mix. Definitely, without some of those things, Irish metal would not exist, and that's I can I think I, most people would agree with me on that. And the man responsible for track mix has, as I said, kindly invited me into the into the, the hallowed halls today. And <laughs> uh, Mick Richards, how are you? Great, thanks for coming over, Carl. Oh, no problem. Listen, thanks for having me over. Uh, it, I've been ta- I was thinking about doing this one for a while, and I wasn't sure. And then you it's quite uh, you know you said you were, you were letting me so thanks very yeah, much. Be good fun. Thanks. So look, um, as I said. As I've said it before, nearly all the bands that to be on my podcast have recorded here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've even stepped in here once a long, yeah, long, long, long time ago. Well, long time ago yes. <laughs> so, um, as I said, I'd love to just get a you know get a bit of background on on the the, the studio and, and you know we we'd have a little chat about it and, and yeah, see what sure, you think yeah, yourself. Absolutely. Do us a favor. Um, what got you interested in sound production and? That kind of stuff. Oh, um, well, the studio's been since since 1995, so a long time now. I was in bands and in studios, and I just fell more in love with the recording aspect and the playing aspect of it. Yeah. And then I was in Bolton Street. I've, I've a qualified building services engineer. <laughs> <laughs> That's wasted, is it? <laughs> yeah, it's very much so. I, I, I'm a few other ones like that as well. But, uh, yeah, qualified building services engineer, and I finished in Bolton Street. And then I went to a sound training centre back when it was all tape and Akai samples and old everything. Old school. Old school, before computers. You had to play it right or go home then. Yeah. You know? So, um, yeah, and then I, I eventually set up Track Mix with, um, with a partner. And then that was 95. Yeah. And then we opened Instrumental, Musical Instrument Shop. That's right, I remember. I forgot yeah. you were in that. In Jesus. 98. And then the... The shop and studio were running parallel for all that time, and then, two thousand and eight, my daughter was born. At that point, I was working seven days a week at least. Jesus! If you count nights, I was probably working ten days a week. So, um, <laughs> I, at that point, two thousand and eight, I got out of the shop, and concentrated on the studio. And it's great because I'm always busy and I always have lots of time off. So it's perfect, really. It's, it's great when you're your own boss, isn't it? As well. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people strive for that kind of thing in life, and it's not always. Yeah, well, always it's up. not only I'm uh, my, my own boss. I, I love my work. Anyone who records me will tell you that I I love it. Like it's yeah. Like I, I, think I always feel guilty getting paid at the end of the day. <laughs> I enjoy it so much. But I have to say that's one thing I noticed, and any and and as I said, if you ever listen to back some of the previous podcasts, the bands that are in, they absolutely fucking love the the bouncy. You yeah, know, that's nice. It's actually. almost like you're an extra member of the band, like. Ah, yeah, yeah, and that's. Well, like, do you know something? It's hard to get that. Yeah, well, it's, it's hard to get that. Well, I, I don't like the idea of the engineer sitting at the desk and just doing the the engineering thing. Like I like to have a laugh with the bands and have fun and, like, cause um, now, a long time ago, my wife said to me, I had a band coming in, and I was thinking, oh god, these fucking guys in like, <laughs> there, it's gonna be a long day. And she's what she said has always stuck with me. She said. Yeah, for you it's a day's work, but for them it's probably the highlight of their 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 month or their year. Yeah. And they're probably looking forward to it and rehearsing. And it's like, it's like yeah, you you're dead right. It's 
it's another day in the office for me, but it's a, it's a big deal for them. And like, oh, I've always tried to get involved and have fun and everything. But ever since she said that, it's made a big difference to me. Absolutely. That um, it's it's an event for the band, and I have to make it an event for them. And, yeah. Like, make sure they fully enjoy the experience and not just sit there looking at me watching it, <laughs> which I rarely do. But sometimes, of course. Sometimes you probably have. I'm bad. not going to name any names. Yeah, on that, of course. <laughs> but it's all positive today. Yes. Yes. <laughs> But that's a uh, that's a fantastic. Um, I mean, uh, like I can't stress enough that that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah, that's you know, because cool, yeah, like yeah. you, like you say, yeah. Even the, like, the likes of us when we're going in to do our shit, it's a big deal. Yeah, it's yeah, a big yeah, fucking yeah, deal. Yeah. Whether we're doing it in a studio or at home, doesn't matter. Yes, yes, yes. You know, like so, yeah. like that's that's a big plus. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm doing this like three to four days a week, so it's well, it it uh, it is another day in work. Like it's a, it's just a but f- I have to. Well, I I always do enjoy it, but. I make, try and make an extra effort to make sure the band has a good day and enjoys the experience as well as getting a good product at the end of it. Yeah, fantastic. Listen, um, <laughs> can you remember what studio... Did you start off in another studio or was did you just start this one yourself? Or? I was. I did the Sound Training Centre course, which would have been the old Sun studio. You probably remember Sun up on Crow Street. I was only in there a, couple, a few months ago. Where are you? Is we, it still there in yeah. the Crow Street? Yeah. We did a, a little session that'll be up yeah, next week. Yeah, yeah. So... While I was in there, being the industrious chap that I am, I did a deal with the management that got me a freelance rate in there. So I went out and found bands and brought them in. Excellent. So I think I was the only student who did that. To that <laughs> point. Like, everyone else had just go home. Studious. Yeah, yeah it's like, hang on a minute, this place is like empty every night. So I, I started out a freelance rate and went to Eamon Doran's or the Rock Garden as it was Brilliant. then and gave out cards and got working. It start, started like that really and then... We ended up setting up our own place from there. And can you remember? And I, I, I know it's a long time ago now, but can you remember the very first band you ever recorded? Oh, possibly. Um, I know I kind of threw that at you. A couple of the early ones would be there was a great mod band called the Josephs. I don't know if you. I've know. heard of the name. Yeah, they were great. They were really. Good I'm band. old as well. Don't forget. Yes. yes. <laughs> Not saying you're old. <laughs> you know what I mean. As well. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, the Josephs were an early one. They were a great, great band. They ended up getting signed and doing an album with. Roland Giff from the Final Cannabis oh, cool. producing a really good band. Do you ever so. remember? I don't know. So all you do is I like put in and talk yeah, to you. That's good. I remember years ago I used to work in you know the academy. Yeah, yeah. It used to be the HQ. Remember Irish Music Hall of Fame? Yeah, 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 yeah. Roland Giff played a gig there. I don't know if you ever heard this story. He played a, he played a gig there. It was a solo story or a solo gig, and it yeah. was like I think it was like twenty people in the fucking crowd. Oh no! So he stopped halfway through and he bought everyone a point. <laughs> I was sitting with down with the crowd and then got back on with the gig. Oh wow! Yeah. Sorry, just like yeah, I had that no, that's, in that's gas though, isn't it? But what do you think if he'd have done a fine young cannabis reunion? I'd say that would have been sold out. Possibly. Maybe yeah. he was thinking people would know his name. And yeah. Well, they, I think they, wrong, these guys know. like to try and do their own thing in their own yeah, scheme as well. Like, yeah. They probably they they probably gone now for young cannabis still. As maybe in, maybe with this whole revival yeah. and all that. Like things. I remember a few years ago, we went to see um, the psychedelic first. Oh yeah, and that was. They were long gone at that stage. Yeah. But it just shows you all these bands. You think, where are they now? And they're, they're slogging it out in the local yeah. the local clubs and stuff. A lot of them. I think the way music's gone now, it's very hard for bands, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, completely. You have to yeah. be like a seventeen-year-old young one. Yeah. With, with, well, like, I was just saying to a band the other day. It used to be that a band. We were talking about Kiss, actually. Tell me, um, you like Kiss? I love Kiss. Yes. But <laughs> Kiss in the seventies and the eighties, Kiss a Kiss tour. Mm. They made no money on it. They put on such a show and such yeah. production that. All the ticket sales went into the production of the tour as an advertisement to sell the album. Yeah. And it's gone full circle. Yeah. Now the album is an advertisement to sell tickets for the tour. So yeah. 
it's it's funny the way it's gone. Like not nobody buys albums any. I I'm guilty as well. I like the I Spotify Premium, which is it's better than not paying anything. I presume. Yeah. But um, like it's I can't remember the last time I bought or even listened to a CD. It's it's just Spotify all the time. Yeah. Unless I want to listen to Tool, then it's me. I <laughs> Tool's the only <laughs> band I listen to. Tool. Oh on, God. Beyond Spotify. Are you going? Are you looking forward to the new album? Yes. Yes. What's it gonna be like? It's gonna be like the last album and the album before that. Yeah. Well. But then again, talking about nobody selling anything, how did how did Tool go twelve years with no album like it's Well didn't didn't I don't know what the rest of the band did, but I know Maynard had put Pussifier, wasn't that the name of their yeah, band? Yeah, he's also got a vineyard. And it was, yeah, yeah. Maynard's vineyard. Yeah. And, wine um, gums. Maynard's wine gums. Maynard's wine sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's pathetic, yeah, sorry. Yes. <laughs> Lovely. And uh, um Adam Jones has got um he does graphic design and stuff, doesn't he? Or film, yeah, he does a lot of their stuff. Design, special he effects. He does films, yeah. Yeah, he's done a few big famous films as well. They played uh, Download last just a weekend was gone, I think. They were one of the headliner bands. Yeah, Tool were? Yeah, I oh, think right. so, yeah. Well, they're probably one of the only bands out there who can't really, who can go and do a big gig without releasing an album in 10 yeah. years. It's just so popular. I, do you know what? I, I went off them after Lateralus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just, to me, it just, I know, don't get me wrong, musicianship is fantastic. Mm-hmm. It just seemed very samey. I thought 10,000 Days was a bit of a meander with, without many big hits on it. Yeah. I don't mean hits as in like commercial But memorable hits. songs. Yeah, well not even hits, but like impacts. Or yeah. It's like the a lot of it was just like kind of, we want to be Pink Floyd meets prog sort of thing. Now here's um, another, here's a, here's a question for you. Would you say they spend a shitload of money producing an album? Um... It, I don't know, it depends. I know they did all the drums for the last album with Joe Barassi in a big studio in Hollywood. It would cost a lot of money. But mm. but what happens a lot nowadays, of course, is people will go, a band will go into a studio or a great live room, track the drums and cherry oh, off they go. Yeah. And they do everything else at home or on their own. Like, cause, like there's no need to have a, a million dollar studio to put one mic in front of a guitar on. <laughs> so. Just for a name, yeah, yeah. But you, does that still happen now, Mick? You know, would you say it still happens in the with the big the big record companies now? Well, would they still have big big studios and? Yeah, yeah. Well, there is demand for it. Like, if you look at like any of the the big American hip hop stuff, like those guys will will want to go into a million dollar studio and set, set up the one mic and record the vocals. Because it's all about uh, yeah, image. Yeah, bling or glam or whatever. Yeah. How the fuck did they make it? Yeah. How? It's, I don't know. I don't know. It's <laughs> crazy. Um, listen. Um, yeah. Um, so, have you done anything other than kind of metal and punk in here? Have you got like a a wide range, or would that be your main um, bread and butter? Or? To be honest with you, most bands in Ireland would be metal or punk. There's a few. Rock, I do a bit of rock band, rock band stuff. Is I like name me ten pop bands who gig regularly that aren't the script. You know. Yeah. It's, so it's true. It's funny. It's like the Irish scene has always been. Well, obviously in the nineties you had like my little fun house and all that kind of crew, the Wheelands yeah. crew as I would call them. But since that, like, there's very few bands around that aren't guitar, drums, bass. Like, it's yeah. There's not many kind of keyboardy bands. Like, there was never an Irish Duran Duran. Like, or, true, yeah. It's funny. Like, it's it's always guitar, live drums. It's kind of a rock based band scene in Ireland. Yeah. Always was. I don't know why that is. It's and any of the kind of bands that would be doing any kind of pop stuff would generally be. Cover bands who are doing the cover bands. And that's where the money is as well. It is where the money is, That's crazy, isn't it? But also, funny point on that, what I found is, if I'm recording a band, and it turns out that they also, if it's a rock band, I could name a few of them, 
and they've also the cover gigs at the weekends yeah. in the clubs or whatever. They're always good musicians, you know. Yeah, oh, you have to. And be the songs them. are good as well because if you're playing hits, like even if it's fucking summer '69, Brian Adams, which mm. is like terrible. I love Brian. <laughs> I love the Reckless album, but that song, maybe I'm just sick of it. <laughs> yeah. But like, if a band's playing that, they they must suddenly at some point twig. Ah, that's why this song is so popular. Why it's a hit because it did this, we did this, or it's the structure, or it's the hook. Yeah. So playing other people's music actually makes your own music better, I think. Yeah, and that's it. Like, I mean, we've always, my band have always discussed about doing a set of covers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, nowadays it's, it's no, no, you don't, no, it's impossible because we're all yeah. spread out of the country. Like, yes, two yeah, 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 yeah. One is in yeah. you know. But yeah, like you say, it would make you a better a better unit. I yeah. Think. The, the downside of doing that, of course, is I've seen it many times where. I see a band and they do all their own stuff and you do one cover and they do like such a kick-ass cover that everyone forgets about their yeah. own songs. And you know, and like that. <laughs> and it does happen. That was, what, we used to do Sledgehammer. With Peter, Peter Gabriel. Gabriel. Sledgehammer. And people still fucking say, oh, you don't do Sledgehammer. Yeah. No, yeah. no. I love, I love Peter Gabriel. Peter yeah. Was one of oh, he, I saw him in the point, or the three arena there a few years ago. Yeah, no, I saw oh, him. Oh, it was brilliant. I wasn't expecting to be as good as I, do you know one of the best gigs I've ever been to, I don't know if you were at it, was uh, Rush. No. In the tree arena. Would no, you meet the rush? No. I wouldn't be a fan of rush. Yeah, though, yeah. We went because all the lads were going. And yeah, yeah. Jesus, those old, old men can fucking play. And what play. year was this now? Jeez, it must have been about five or six years yeah, ago. Maybe they, a little bit like, they, just... o- they opened that tour with a medley of all the songs. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. It was brilliant. I watched that on YouTube. I was like, oh my God. I think two hours. Yeah, yeah. And like, as I say, like, we went out with our show big fucking Rush fans yes then. yeah yeah. That, now that's good uh, does it, like, a lot of younger bands can't do that no, like, no. Those, look at that the, uh, the Skelly Lee's voice I just like, it, it, it's a, in a poor taste isn't it it's, it, even if even, like I can sit down and listen to like two or three songs like wow that's fucking awesome and then it's like once it gets to the fourth or fifth song I like, oh Geddy give it fuck <laughs> <laughs> his voice it just goes through me but then again it, it's, it's worth putting up with his no, some people think I'm terrible now. No, uh, no, no. I, no. I, no, they're great, but it's just he such a, has a, such a distinctive voice, like in the higher register that yeah. it gets a bit for me. But um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, Rush, yeah, great musician. He's an amazing bass player. Isn't he? The funny thing about Rush is, Geddy Lee's bass. He always goes direct. Yeah. So at one point he figured, why have I got these amps on stage? So he he's got <laughs> yeah. washing machines and vending That's machines. That's right. It's brilliant. I love that. That's really, but it's great to see that. I love watching those. Um, you know the rig rundowns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'd yeah, be yeah. great. And you see, because I was watching one the other day of Guns N' Roses actually, mm. from the last tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember the stuff? Yeah, yeah. In the back, like you don't see it in the front. Yes, yeah. In the background. Yeah. All these like, and you'd obviously know what they're talking about. I even the fucking clue. But like, yeah, I'm like, yeah. what's this and that and that and that and that? I'm like, what the hell? Uh, like, there was a great one with ACDC actually from um, from one one of the tours a few years ago. I think we were in the Black Eyes tour. One of those rig rundowns in the backstage, and the guys there. Yeah, and there's um, Angus's amps, and there's Malcolm's amps, and they go to 12 cabinets on stage. And that was it. That was the whole rig. Jesus. No pedals or fucking nothing. Like, just. Like, it just was the show when, yeah. when you're at that level, you don't. You, yeah. You know. But I was amazed that. I know we're kind of going off talking about track mix here a bit, sorry, but. Oh, no, <laughs> just chatting. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I was watching. I was amazed at the amount of people. Or say like uh, they were showing Slash's rig, yeah, yeah and yeah. he had like two or three different people for uh, this guitar and that guitar and this yeah, yeah, module yeah, thing. Yeah. Like I say, I was just fascinated by yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Or there was a good thing as well years ago. The um, 
YouTube Zoo TV thing that tore the, the big tour. Mm. They had a program about it on um, RTE and they got like this under the, the backstage was actually under the stage. It was like a whole control centre yeah. underneath the stage rather than it being a behind the stage backstage type thing. But they're looking in here and it's during the gig and there's this guy with a guitar and all the pedals and he's fucking rocking out. He's obviously playing. Yeah. You know? And the guy the guy's like, Oh that's so good. He's like the extra player like behind behind the stage like his who's um playing like, don't Metallica do that? I've heard Metallica do that. Oh don't say that. People have only seen Metallica, don't say that. I've heard that they've got a guy he it's the same guy who stood in when Hetfield got injured by the pyrotechnics. See they're one of their uh Roadies, is it? Or guitar yeah, tech. but apparently when 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 Hetfield had his injury and couldn't play, this guy stepped out from behind the curtain onto the stage and played by his rhythm before. Apparently, he's an extra layer, an extra layer of rhythm guitar backstage. I've heard that. I don't know if that's, that's true. That's a bit of a fucking kick, uh, rip off, isn't it? Why is there a rip off? Like, well, yeah, if, yeah, it, well, it's a backing track. Like, oh, oh, well, that's a rip off as well now. But well, like, that certainly is, yeah. But um, for for having an extra an extra guitar player to fill the sound or let Hetfield concentrate on vocals or whatever. Yeah, but, yeah, but then thing. you have to go there. This yeah. might not be true, actually, by the way. <laughs> well, anyone wants to look into that, let us know, and uh, I, yeah. you can give it to me. Uh, <laughs> Listen, well, let's come back to this, the studio, because that's where we're here. Oh, uh, yeah, the great... early bands. Um, Medicine Man was another one. Who were they now? They, what were, were, they, like? they, were, they were basically kind of a, a rock band with a guy called George singing. Who, I'm sure George wouldn't mind me saying this if he hears it. He thought it was George Morrison. Like, oh, really? Yeah, Jim Morrison. Jim Morrison. Jim Morrison, yes. So um, they, they were one of the first bands I recorded. Those guys went on without the singer George to become primed. Remember primed, primed? Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to remember who was in that now. That was Leon. Leon, and, yeah. Um, Derek Reid on vocals and... John Paul on guitar. And Jesus, they were this. good. Yeah, they were very good. Yeah, they, they were one of Ireland's first kind of... Um, kind of prog metal bands. Yeah. Like they were one of the early ones who who like didn't play with them four four like they were. <laughs> yeah. They were. Like, but anyway, yeah, Medicine Man. Um, did they, they were very really good actually? They were very very good. But they actually made it to the final of the um, the RTE Big Box competition. Big box. Remember that? Like, <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. And everything. But oh, they had yeah, they Jesus. had this um, band competition and then it was a a live studio, kind of. All the bands played in the studio. Showed it. It's kind of an, an early version of X Factor, way before any of that. Like so, it was so they picked these bands and then they had this final. And there was a phone and everything. Yeah, but the guys were great. Like and Deadly. that was in my first year of opening. So to get somebody onto the final of the yeah, team, that was great, and it was great for business as well. Ah, was, brilliant. Because they they brought a lot of a lot of work into me through that, and then um, I did, the revs. I remember the Night Revs. The Revs were very, very good. They were from um, Donegal. And they were saying that there's no pure pop band. They actually were. Like, they were yeah. They were sort of very heavy, heavily influenced by the police. And they did well for a bit. They did they? very well. They yeah. spotted um, Stereophonics and Slain. Jesus. And the album we did got to number two on the national chart. Pop, when that yeah. actually meant something. Yeah. Like, that meant you sold records. Big time, like, yeah. Number one, the iTunes chart for a day means like 12 people. Yeah. But your album that day. Like, Some bands like that though. Yeah, <laughs> I know, that's good. Like, it's, yeah, but it doesn't, it doesn't mean what it used to mean. No. Like, it, like number one then was probably 100,000 records. Yeah. Like, so whereas Absolutely. now you, maybe 150 would get your number yeah. one. Like, it's Downloads. All them. different, <laughs> yes, yes. That's fantastic to have that on your kind of resume, yeah, I suppose yeah. you could say. And um, did they played last year, I think they got back together. 
And the, the singer Rory runs a bar in Lanzarote or something there. Oh, right. He went out when the band broke up. He went over and did the the one man with his guitar pub scene and ended up f- saying that it was a bar for lace or something. Took it on, so he's doing well. Good Deadly. Guy. Good guy, Rory. He's a really nice guy. So. Best, best of luck to her. Yeah, absolutely. It's good. That's that's fucking cool. Like. Yeah, they were good, <laughs> good guys. Yeah. And then um, metal. Well, what came next was um, the whole Oasis thing. Oh god, which yeah. Which was obviously massive. So every band wanted to be Oasis. And so you got some of those type of bands. Got yeah? All of those. Because <laughs> back back at the, we're talking the nineties here now. Um, computer was for doing letters on. You know, you couldn't like the home recording thing was not a thing then. It was yeah. um, like we had a. 24 track reel to reel tape machine here. Oh, deadly. Which is the only way you could record a band yeah. back then. So, obviously, every, nobody had a 24 track reel to reel in the bedroom. So, yeah. if, if you're in a band and wanted to record, you went to a studio. Simple as that. Like, it's. um. So, all these Oasis type bands got all of them. And then after that, it was um, Blink 182 and Green oh, Day. Oh, God. And there was loads of them, which was hard because you'd have all these drummers with, I'm not going to say no talent, but not enough talent. Trying to play like Travis Barker, who's an amazing drummer. Obviously. Great drummer, yeah. So you get all these young guys trying to do these amazing fills and stuff, and coming in at like bar beat two and a bit after the one count, <laughs> after the roll, the whole band waiting for the yeah. down bit. So, um, but no, there was lots of bands around then who were very good. You had um, Mixed Twitch, who were excellent. Mixed Twitch, Jesus, yeah. they were great guys. Great names. Yeah, they were brilliant. Did a, did a couple of albums with them, and. They were great. They did the Vans tour at one stage. Wow. Yeah. They were brilliant band, really brilliant. See, but, we, for, we forget that some Wars bands have done some really good shit over yeah, the years. Yeah, like, yeah. It's never... It, like, all the bands that went before, like, and I, I, got, I know I'm one of the older guys in the metal scene now. Yeah. The bands that are around my time, in me, just before me, yeah. they've done well. And yeah, yeah. It's fucking great to hear all this and to yeah, hear they've yeah. done so well. Like, you know? Yeah, for sure. I yeah, think absolutely. the younger bands today don't even think of that. Yeah, well, geez, I'm sure a lot of people listening to this now, they might look up a few of these well that's what I'm hoping for yeah, yeah and yeah. it's great that you, it's great to have a wealth of knowledge because yeah. like that I wouldn't remember some of the names like, you know what I mean so it's fantastic to yeah it's a, yeah mixed which were great and then there was Onoff as well Onoff, who were yeah. who were kind of a a jokey punk band but they've actually their singer left he's doing graphic design now I think Paul and the rest of them went off to America and they're still over there gigging oh, they're doing very well they're and they're still called Onoff yeah or? yeah yeah look them up they're um they're probably playing in Viper rooms tonight to 500 people. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, they're still going. Still hey, that's going great. That's, yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah, they're, they're good guys as well. And uh, what do you call it? So, you, yeah, so uh, you got right up to the metal then. And... Yeah, and metal I kind of fell into. I was in college with um, Jerry from Mel, from Mel Mora. Good old Jerry. Jerry was in the, the same class as me in Bolton Street too, and he's still working at that now. But... <laughs> Uh, he went to. He took a chance. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, his, um, what we what we did was um, building services in, in engineering, which was all heat and water supply and everything. But we're a lot of guys who did that now. Um, have gone into environmental control. Okay. Which is a big deal with all the computer factories and yeah. the server farms and everything. So, like, there'd be people like we would have been in college who'd be working in Intel, controlling the environment of the processing areas. Well. So. That's what Jerry ended up doing. But um, yeah, Jerry came to me to do a. A recording with Mail Mortar, which was I don't know which what sequence of their albums mm. it was, but um I did an album with them, and then it That's was cool. sounded good, and then all of a sudden all these metal bands started flocking into me. That's the way it works, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so thanks, Jerry. Yeah, Mail Mortar, Mail Mortar were class, weren't they? Yes, yeah, they yeah, yeah. I wouldn't like like that. I wouldn't be not into 
kind of Celtic folk battle or whatever. Yeah, but really, yeah, yeah. I appreciate it for what it is, but yeah. they have some great fucking songs. Yeah, but they're, they're now um, evolved. Rob the singer left, and That's they've right, gone yeah. on and become Death, Death the Leveller. Who you had in? Yes, I've just finished doing my stuff. How did that go? Are they great? Are they the, the same kind of style, or are they more doomy? Or no, much more doomy. Yeah, okay. much more. And they've got um Dennis Dowling, who used to be in Cursed Earth back in the oh, day. Oh yeah, of course. Singing, and oh, he's a great singer. Very yeah. um, very kind of um confident. I would say you wouldn't get many singers. Yes, you'll get many singers who will go for the big note, you know. Mm. And she'll fuck it. Why not? You, you have know? to. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. I'm I'm always because like I I always do shit. Um, vocally and like can I replicate it live yeah. I like to be able to replicate what I'm yes, doing yeah, live yeah, yeah, yeah. and if I can do it then I'll fucking do it but then there's also a note maybe that I want to do yeah, yeah. and I'll still fucking give it a go anyway yeah, yeah, <laughs> like I did a, I did an, uh, I released a, a little side project called Withered Fist there and, uh, with one of the guitarists that was in this band and it's just the two of us three tracks yeah. he did all the instruments and I just did vocals but there's a deadly three three vocal harmonies starting off one of the songs I'm mm. like we'll never be able to do that live <laughs> but fuck it uh, yeah fuck it it sounds great like you know but, yeah but the Dennis will, will always go for the big note and he, it works like it's it, if you if you you have to go for it if you miss it just do it again yeah like the, obviously I did that live but in the studio but if you're conscious that I might not hit this it totally, you can totally hear that the listener can hear it yeah so you have to fucking push it as if you and with every confidence that you're going to hit it and Dennis does that on every song and it does come across Deadly. but it's funny because um, those guys Death the Leveller when, when Rob left Mail Mortar they came in and did basically a whole album with no singer okay so they arranged the whole thing with vocals in mind and luckily it worked because when Dennis came in he wrote the vocals wrote the lyrics and everything around the music and he sat it on to what was there and it, it totally worked like it Deadly. was that's Jerry or the rest of the band. So that's their skill in knowing how to arrange and everything. Yeah. They, like you might think that if you've no singer, oh, that riff's going on too long. But the th- they were thinking, no, it's not because this they is were good. thinking yeah. with a vocal, yeah, maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's great. Yeah, and then we've just demoed some new tracks there recently. Sounding good. Stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Have you noticed the trend of more doom stuff these days? Um. Or what would you notice just kind of propping up more? I don't see that much doom stuff around to be honest. No. Um, you've got the Death to Level guys obviously and then the just finished an album with Carmona. Cool. Which took four years. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't take four years all in one time. Right. It was over four years. Yeah, they, they sort of like they did the drums and then remember doing the drums, they showed up in a camper van from Cork and had the <laughs> camper van in the drive no and slept in the van. Yeah, yeah. And then the get called two years like yeah we want to come in and do bass like, okay. <laughs> yeah, so. and you kept the stuff yeah yeah I keep everything I, I, fair I, play I've, I've about 20 drives backed up so I've still gone back to as, as, well when I started using the Mac which would be what 2002 3, 4 I don't know yeah. but I have everything from there fair play tape machine's gone obviously do you miss it? no don't miss it at all that's another thing I was going to ask you do you prefer the way things are now digitally Compared D- to the digital, old way. Digital well, tape. When you go to tape, it comes off tape sounding different. And some people would say better, but to get the type of tape, mach- tape machine that would be like, oh, wow, that's awesome. You're looking at like a Stude or something, which would have cost like 20, 30 grand back in the day. Yeah. So obviously I didn't have one of those. 
Um, but the tape machine I had was was decent, like. But since I've gone digital, I've it's better, yeah. Yeah. But w- when you've got digital, what goes in comes out, so I have to make sure what's going in is good, like. So yeah. that's where your um your front end really counts. Yeah. Which would be like microphone preamps. So this is getting quite technical here now. Good. This is what people want. Is it what people want? I'm sure. There's some people. There's many sound engineers listening to this later. I don't know. So basically, so if you put a mic on a guitar amp mm-hmm. and record it into your software on the computer, it can sound very flat and dry and uninspiring, let's say. Whereas if you're going through a a nave style preamp or an API style preamp, it what goes in it comes out the other side bigger and larger okay. and more interesting and and it's a huge difference really. So like microphone preamps I've heavily invested in. And they they make a like I said, they make a massive difference to the quality of your digital recording. Yeah. So so if someone like mics up a guitar amp and uses like a focus right interface I, I'll I'll murder that sound like I yeah. I, I no comparison to what I can get with like a an Aurora Audio Nave style preamp. It's Damn it's me. a huge difference. And so you would have probably limitless amounts of options for recording nowadays. Yeah. But you have software at your at your disposal. Yeah, but to be honest with you, for for the metal guys, if it's a modern metal sound, you want either a a PV fifty one fifty or a Mesa triple rectifier into yeah. a Mesa cab or an SM fifty seven and. You love your Mesa, don't you? Yeah, but <laughs> honestly, you the sounds the, like the Mesa, the Mesa Boogie four by twelve cabinet. Like you put a mic on that and listen like, to it, it's like yeah, it's a fantastic it's start recording setup, isn't yes, it? it really yeah, is. it requires no further work really to get it sounding great. So just putting the mic on the cab, yeah, in the right place, <laughs> mic in the right place is the thing. And come here, would you get a lot of bands saying, "Oh, I want to sound like old bands or vintage or yeah, whatever, yeah, that kind yeah. of shit"? Oh yeah, yeah, and. Like is it up to it's it's up to you to get that or is it is it is about performance as well or well let's put it this way it's it's performance of course and the songwriting and the tuning etc I've just done the new Psychosis album brilliant I who, saw Grant whittling away you are unashamedly an early thrash revival band yeah so for that we used nineteen eighty nine Charvel which nice. I have in the studio. Which is obviously period correct and sounds like it. It doesn't Absolutely. sound like it doesn't sound like a modern ESP or yeah. or Jackson guitar. It sounds like a, an eighties metal guitar. Deadly. And then into a Mesa Boogie Mark V in this amp has got different modes on it. So it's got a, a mode for the Mark II, okay. which would have been what Hetfield would have used back in the day. So, so yeah, you go. Like it's... Yeah, so if you want an 80s sound, you're not going to get it out of a triple rectifier or a PV5150. Yeah. You get it from using a 1980s guitar into yeah. a 1980s amp. And, and there you go. And there you go. There's some of the added uh, advantages of coming into track mix. Yeah, big But you have that selection and, and the knowledge as well of, especially for yeah, metal lads, because yeah, yeah. you'd know, let's like say, you'd know, yeah, there you go, you knew exactly what Grant wanted like do you know what I mean so did he yeah yeah. but I'm there you go yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a great collaboration though Like that's, I suppose that's what I'm getting at yeah. you know what you're talking about he knows what he's talking about yes, yes, it's a great yeah. fucking match yeah completely yeah so I, I, I've got a big selection of guitars and basses there as you can see so mm, some like nice I'd know from from talking to the band like what, what would work well they can use their own gear of course like some people I've heard it said that some people when they come into me they're thinking oh can I use my own guitar here yeah, of course you can. <laughs> no. Like, no, no, but then they're like, oh, we, we, I heard that like you, you make people use it. Like, no, not at all. Like, <laughs> I, I have heard that. They're like, oh, you wouldn't let me you, use my own guitar. That's never happened. 
Unless the guitar is like shit. Yeah, or <laughs> badly internet. Like you get people coming in, oh, I got the guitar set up for the recording. And you check it and like, nah. It's not. And then I'll either set it up for them properly or, or offer an alternative. But what will happen as well is you'll get bands coming. If they come for the first time, they put up with a van with all the amps and everything. Because they think that's what they have. And then the next time they come, they just show up with a pair of drumsticks. Like it's, yeah. Because all, all the, like I say, I've got a good selection of guitars. I've got, as you say, a tower mm. of amps. Absolutely. And 12 cabinets. Nice. It's very nice. I'm just oh, looking at all the stuff. Yeah. Like, but all the cabinets um, come from... I ended up collecting cabinets because I do, I do um, cabinet modelling, which is ca- it's called impulse responses, where you send a test, a sweep through an amplifier, and then you get a model of a cabinet and then if you're recording on the computer you can load up this model and it sounds like you're playing through that cabinet. Oh, cool. like, so I have them I work with um American producer Joey Sturgis on that. Okay. Who's who produced Daskin Alexandria and Oh right so yeah. Devil Ways Proud of it. Pretty pretty big shop yeah, producer. Yeah big enough guy. yeah. And he runs his own company now. He's retired from producing but he runs his own company doing um Software like plugins, yeah, and he also does the nail the mix thing. Have you heard of that? Nail the mix, no, it's good. Um, he'll get like a, f- a famous album or a famous song with it with the original mix engineer, yeah, and they'll sit down in a studio, open up the session from zero, oh, cool. and mix it while being interviewed. I don't know if I could handle that myself now. <laughs> they'll be asking him questions, What are you doing there? He's going, Oh, I'm using this EQ on the kick drum, yeah. so it's really good. Like, so he's, it's on YouTube, is it? It's a subscription service. Right, cool. But I, I don't know how much it is. Nail the mix. It's good though. Yeah. But it's, anyway, Joey releases my speaker pack, so oh. like every few months you get on to me, oh, I need a new pack. I'm like, <laughs> oh, no, I have to go find cabs. So yeah. obviously, like, so that's why I have a big stack of cabs there. And my that's initial brilliant. plan was get the cabs for whatever pack I'm doing yeah. and then sell the cabs on like and recoup some of it. But of course. They're, 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 they're all awesome, you know. Like, you love them. Yeah. That's your little collection of babies. Yeah, yeah. So if, if the Mesa cab doesn't work or the band says, oh, I need more high-end, like, all right, I'll try the Bogner cab or yeah. I'll try one of the Marshalls or, or the Zilla I, Fat Boy or whatever. So it's, I love that the, that uh, a cab can make a difference. Like, the know? cab is more important than the amp. I remember years ago we used uh, we used to use a high watt. Yes, yeah, yeah. And a, a Freya mix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that really got a nice taste. That was Laura, wasn't it? Yeah. He brought that in here. It sounded great, yeah. yeah. It was a nice yeah. mix. Yeah. You but the, it's funny because if you get five different heads, heads and try them through the same cab, it'll sound much more similar than one head and try five different cabs. <laughs> the cab makes much more of a difference to the sound yeah. and the amplifier. That's, I, always, I always found that fascinating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really and it's funny, even like, like most people will want to use a Celestian Vintage 30, mm. which is kind of like the, the metal and rock speaker. There's a certain thing about the mids on it. But if you've got five cabs with a Vintage 30 in it, they'll all sound completely different. <laughs> even though you're putting the mic on one speaker of the yeah. cab, like it's the, wow. the shape and size of the cab and the resonance and everything, it'll sound, sound like a completely different animal in each yeah. one. It's crazy. And come here, and when bands come in, do they be like, oh my God, like the amount of choice I have here? Yeah, ah, oh, well, what do all those buttons do? Oh God, <laughs> yeah, I read that, yeah. Yeah, that, it can't, the, like I say, having so much of a choice can be intimidating, but if a band explains what they're after, I can normally find what they want very yeah. quickly. So ge- generally the way, I've also got the Camper Profiler. Oh yeah. Which is, it's kind of the latest technology where you send a signal through the amplifier into the cabinet and mic it up and it sort of 
steals the whole sound incredibly okay. well it's amazing really it's like and it sounds like the devil when you do it. it's like the devil stealing the amp's soul has anyone but, has any of the bands recently been using that or i i generally don't use it much i use it for guide tracks right and then i set up a real amp for recording but the real beauty of the camper is i've got all my heads and cabs what's called profiled which is the sound of them and it's a, it's pretty much identical you could drop into a track recorded by real amp yeah and drop into it with the camper and not hear where it's, wow. it's amazing so what we'll do is, when, when there's a band recording with me, we'll sit down with the guitarist, and I can go through every combination of head and cap, yeah. and they'll pick the one they like, and then we'll just set up the real thing. Savage. It's brilliant. That's great. Oh, so it's very handy, isn't it? It's super handy for that. And also, once the rhythm tracks are down, if you're doing any overdubs, it's good to use a different sound, so it doesn't get lost in the mix, or lost in the motion, it will cut through the mix. So I'll use the camper a lot for that. Mm. So overdubs generally will be done in the camper, so we can... We can have the guitarist play and flick through amps on the fly while he's playing and go, that one. Deadly. Which obviously you can't do if you set up the amps and the cabs and move the microphones yeah. and everything. So it's, yeah, it's great that way. Great time saving. Well, I have to say then, like, like this is a, you know, you're getting a really good uh, experience when you're coming in here. Yeah, in yeah. Fairness. Hopefully, yeah. Yeah, well. Try my best. Well, like, I mean, there you go. Like, you, that bit of talk there about the, the gear like the, yeah, I mean, you yeah. wouldn't get that nearly everywhere else. Like, I no, mean, I don't think and you a, would, no. The pure knowledge, I yeah, would say, yeah, of yeah. Of what you have and what you know and what the people that are coming in yeah yeah you know like i mean if if a, if a new newish band came into you and if you like you said you just talk to them you'd know exactly what oh you can guide them to get the sound that, that's in their head yeah for sure yeah so new bands don't be afraid to come to track no, do not at be all afraid. and I'm, I'm also really good at drum editing for the new bands well there you go <laughs> and there you go <laughs> but I, <laughs> listen um you have any funny stories from any bands you don't have to name bands now but like oh. if any that you can th- I know like, as a, I'm throwing a lot of shit actually kind yeah, of on the yeah, floor yeah. but that's the way I roll with this you yeah, know what I mean yeah. oh well the, the funniest story has to be oh god can I say the guy's name if you want to know. I don't mind if you want I can't say his name but okay. people will definitely be able to work this out but without I'm not going to say his name I'll tell you later <laughs> but I'm um, booking for the studio grand I'm coming on my own I play everything okay grand guy shows up with a single bed mattress what the hell a single bed mattress and I'm like okay what's going on here is he planning on moving in <laughs> but um like what what's what's the, what, what's like, what's the mattress for I play drums on it okay so mattress on the floor mic on the mattress yeah sure what enough he got his drumsticks out play drums on the mattress and then um <laughs> at this stage it was like this not gonna happen so um so he put a bit of guitar on it and then i just bounced it out gave him a cd off he went walking up the road with his mattress over one shoulder oh my God. and his guitar on the other up sit, i was driving home then i saw him sitting at the bus stop with his mattress what the hell <laughs> came from the south side somewhere so bus into town then bus out of town yeah that's uh that, that was, was a pro day for him that was crazy crazy that's but, mental um, yeah <laughs> If you were to guess who it might be, you would probably get it right. So, so I'm saying nothing about it. Yeah, that was mad. That was a, that was a long time ago. That now, but well, no, not really many funny stories. And I think. And come here, like, um, is that, because I just as I say, like, you get a lot of young bands now. You newer, the newer metal bands will say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the vibe like with them? Are they are they good kids? They. Yeah, yeah, for you know, sure. They're yeah. not up their own holes too no, much. No, no, no. I'm doing um. Mikey O'Reardon who runs the OD promotions he's oh, a great he's a great, he's a great kid yeah. yeah great kid yeah he talks a lot but he talks, yeah but he's lovely he's yeah, a sweetheart he's cool, yeah he's cool 
So he's got two bands on the go that were sort of in the middle of the ocean. Is he in Pain and Vain, is he? Yes. That's right. And um, Infectious is other band. That's right, yeah. So he would be, um, he'd be like sort of a a typical new new kind yeah. of band metal guy. He's just a complete, over the top enthusiastic in a good way. And like he, I think he started his promotions company to get his own band gigs. Like, that's which is right, yeah. It's great. Like it's, he's got a drive and an energy. It's great. But yeah, look so, he's genuine, he's an honest kid. Yeah, he's the real thing. deal. Yeah, I think he's gonna go far. Like he's he's um from promotions anyway, he puts yeah. his, he puts his heart and soul into it, like he really does, he's a great guy. But um yeah, there's quite a few new bands around. Mm. But it's also it'll happen that like it, there'll be a new band to me that I haven't recorded, maybe around for a while. Like I'm, I'm doing stuff with um with 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 um um Asect. Oh yeah. And I'm doing their new stuff, and they're, they're great guys. They're amazing musicians yeah. and great Fantastic. songwriters. And they've got um new singer, Tony Cabri. Shout out to my boy, Tony. Yes, he's a great guy. His vocals are... He's a fantastic... He's a, he's a beast. Yeah. Well, as a front man, he's a fucking beast. Well, what, well. what, the first time anyone ever, ever done this, you see it happening like, in videos of people being interviewed, wherever Tony comes in and going to track his vocals, and he's got, have you got an SM7B? Yeah. Can I hold it? And like, yeah. So he's in the live room holding the mic, yeah. doubled over, screaming yeah. into it, and it comes across in the performance for sure. Yeah. So um, see, yeah. I think I think that years ago maybe because even I, I, I even like I like to hold the mic at some yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like you'd see the the, the pop, pop shield, shield yeah, and you're yeah, like, yeah. you can't touch it. Yeah, yeah. You know, that was always the I, I think the impression people got yeah, over the yeah. years, like. No, but then what you find is if you let a singer hold the mic, they fucking cut the mic. Of course. Yeah. Which ruins is like the. A mic is designed, it's just getting technical again. They've got like little vents mm. that make the mic cardioid, which means it's going to pick up for the front. If you block those vents, the mic becomes what's called omni, which pick up everything. Okay. So you get all this horrible room reflection. and Yeah, so you get guys cupping the mic, basically. So don't cup the mic. Don't cup the mic. But then you've got this mic called an SM7B, which is, um, a lot of people use them for vocals now. And the way that's designed, you're holding kind of a handle on it rather than the actual mic. Right. So it works great and sounds brilliant. You'll have to show me one of them. Yeah, well, that's the mic that Hetfield, Tom or I ever using, or anybody, really. Yeah. Any, any of the screamers or, or loud singers with the SM7B is great. But the funny story with the SM7B is it was originally a DJ mic. Oh, really? So, so it's, um, like, hello, good morning. Like it's, yeah. It's got that DJ voice sound. Oh, cool. That depth. And when um, they were recording Thriller, Michael Jackson, they couldn't get his voice to set, because obviously Michael Jackson is not a weak voice, but... Uh, it's a kind, a quite pitched kind of. Yeah, you were going to say squeaky then. You was, yeah. I heard the squeak coming there. Yeah, no. I love Michael Jackson. Yeah, I love Michael Jackson's <laughs> of course. But, um, yeah, so Quincy Jones went around to the local radio station. Well, have you got a DJ mic? And you got this SM7. And, of course, the vocals on Thriller sound amazing. Mm. Really full. So the, the SM7 exaggerates the, the kind of the low mid frequency, the announcer type frequency. Yeah. So, um, Initially designed as a DJ mic, now is one of the top vocal mics. So, <laughs> yeah. So, and also because it's a what's called a dynamic mic rather than a condenser, mm. it doesn't pick up the whole room. It's not quite so sensitive. So, like you see, like a Hetfield will stand in the control room with the speakers blaring yeah. and singing to the mic, and if he closes his eyes, he can pretend he's at a gig, like yeah. no headphones. So that's where the SM7B is great for that. Let you let you get. Let's a singer do a, a live gig performance. Which is what you which is, like which is what I think most bands want. They want yes, that yeah. live feel. It's yeah, yeah. Very hard to get that when you're not 
playing kind of together. Yeah, yeah, well, if you get a guy who's used to having monitors blaring at him, screaming at the top of his lungs, to put him in headphones with a <sighs> microphone and a pop shield and standing with their hands yeah. by their side, it can be very alien to them, so it's whatever works, yeah, whatever, yeah. whatever gets the performance. Which is, and that's, again, like, making that the, the artist, we'll say, yeah, yeah, as comfortable yeah. as possible. Yeah, of course, yeah. Half yeah. the battle, isn't it, really? Yeah, take, take a singer out of the comfort zone and you, have to, you won't get the performance. Right? Some bands like down that. Some bands like taking their, their start singers out of the comfort zone. Yeah. I yeah. hate those kind of people. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just looking at some of the bands you play, you've had here. Like, uh, what was Sensor like? Oh, Sensor, great, yeah. yeah. Like you're talking about the old, old bastards. Yeah, yeah. And I know I can say that. Yeah. Like I, I was slagging them. I did I did Cold War stuff as well, you know. Did you do um Harbred and Hellraiser? No, I did Pantheist Cold War. Oh yeah, deadly. Cause that, was, that was the, that was the one I yeah. loved was the Force one. Yeah, no, that would, that would have been I don't know, I did it might have been Sonic or something, I don't know, I did it. But uh, I I was slagging the guys, you know, saying like you named the band Cold War when Cold War was actually relevant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is probably true. Very true. Yeah, so no that so they um they basically I think they just got bored with the with what they were doing, so yeah. they kinda of reinvented themselves as Sansar. Very nasty, uh, nasty music, isn't Yeah. It? But they're they're only tuned to D. Are they? Yeah. Which people think like tuned down really low to B or drop yeah. A or whatever and it's heavier. When you hear these guys it's how you play isn't it wall of sound power Nash is and a fucking yeah. beast isn't he yeah yeah for sure oh yeah. my god yeah. he's a nasty he's studying guy. classical guitar now, so he's getting do you ever see his little videos yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> little videos coffee morning or whatever yeah, he's, yeah. he's playing away but um there's one of the songs on the new album that um the Sensor album it's got this like clean thing at the start and I'm sure Paul won't make me saying something about fucking 100 takes to get it right <laughs> 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 but I'm, I'm sure he's got a lot a lot better now but if you get if you get a metal guy and getting to play a fingerstyle picking thing, most of the time it's going to be like, oh god, it's going to be terrible, you know, because <laughs> they're just so used to hammering yeah. the power cut. No, but Paul did a great job on it in the end, but um, and no drop ins on that. I can't remember which side it's they're all called C1 and C2 yeah. or whatever on that album, so I don't know which one it is, but um, yeah, it took him a while to get it, but it came out great in the end. He, he had his silky smooth hands in the end, yes, yes, yes. You wouldn't think you're hearing the rest of the music, yeah. like you know, and of course, you've got Trevor then who just screams at the top Jeez. of his lungs. You get some guys in here and they have that, like, um, I don't know if you heard the Melissa Cross. I have it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You get those guys in there, rah, like, yeah. a bit almost whispering when they're singing. Yeah. With the crank of the mic game, whereas Trevor would go in and fucking scream. He's the, old school. The neighbours, I think, yeah. someone's getting fucking murdered in here, you know? Yeah, so he just screams the top of his lungs, which is a different style. But it does come across as energy, like it's... He's a force in nature, isn't he? He is, he, he is. is, yes, yes. You know, I mean, he comes across as this scary motherfucker. We don't know he's doing to me. Yeah, lovely guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he really is. Yeah, yeah. Um, you did all season. All season, yes. Yeah, Jesus, that's some good stuff. Yeah, they're well. great. Yeah, um, yeah, they're, they're they're kind of a classic rock band with a mm. modern twist. If to be sort of um, could I say Bon Jovi meets Opeth? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, they've got that kind of yeah, great. Yeah. And there's another guy, James Blanchfield, amazing guitar player. Yeah, he's he, very he's good. um. He does a lot of classical stuff as well. Really great player, and John Bonham on drums now vocals. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, John. Bonham. It's an upside down band. Yeah, yeah, John Bonham. <laughs> He's a fucking fantastic singer. Yeah, he? great. Yeah, Jesus. He's another guy who'll power it out and hit hit the big notes like not yeah. afraid to go for the big notes, and that does come across as as energy and yeah, big yeah. time. If if you we're talking about comfort zone for singers, you need to get out of the comfort zone sometimes. Sometimes you do. and just fucking belt it out and aim yeah. for the big note. Absolutely, and you had those cunts from Tipperary down there, Zara. Zara, yeah. yeah. Well, Alan Hanlon is of course North Dublin, isn't he? Bass now, yeah. 
Yeah, they're great guys, yeah. yeah great players. Savage musicians. Drummer. Yeah. Tom. Tom. It's Tom. like he's he like an octopus or something. I don't yes, know. yes. Yeah, fantastic. And great, great players all around. Yeah, yeah I really enjoyed it. I did one track with them. And they, they did their album with um, Aidan Cunningham. That's right, so yeah. So I'm looking forward to hearing how that goes. Now, hopefully well, not as good as my mix. Well, Ruby's boss is Because like that, I was like, that, like that, that song, I just go, I can't stop listening to that yeah, song. Yeah, it's great, it's yeah, just, yeah, and, yeah. So well done on that. And the video, they did a great video for that as well. They've got great ideas for their videos. Yeah, yeah, a couple yeah, of cool yeah. little videos, like you know. Um, I'm just, as I say, I'm just going through a couple of bands here yes. that interest me as well as you. Yeah, Cruel Khan. Yeah, jeez, I love Jesus. Khan. I've done three, three albums, is it? Wow. Three albums with them, yeah. Yeah, they're great. Um, they're not divas around, are they? No, not at all. No, Jesus. <laughs> I'm only messing. Keith's the no. biggest diva got. I'm only messing. No, Keith's great guy. Um, it's Keith's band. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, does that make him a demon? I don't know. No, no, <laughs> he's no. a leader. Uh, yeah, a leader. Yeah, he's a visionary. No, but he is though. He is though. He he'll write he'll write all those songs and like I I I would feel maybe they're kind of stuck in a certain format. But yeah, Keith manages to keep reinventing, yeah. and bringing new ideas in. And he really does. Yeah, yeah. Like it's like how how many songs can you write in six eight like with a yeah. like, But he keeps banging he keeps them out doing it. and then like. And, the, they're, they've still got the, the, the momentum. Like. Yeah, well, the last couple of albums now, it's gone a little bit more black metal. So there's a lot more blast beats. And yeah. Like, but they can do it, though. Yes, they can do it, yeah. You know, absolutely. Mero is... Mero's a great drummer. And oh, he's a fantastic drummer. He's a massive guy. Jesus Christ. He's, he does extras and Vikings and stuff. That's like, right, yeah. Yeah, and it's a, you can't miss him. He's, like, about two feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> that guy. helps. Yeah, he's a great guy, yeah. Big guy. So yeah, the yeah, yeah, they're great, yeah. Three, three albums, I think. Well... And, um, their their album sessions are gigantic. Those layers, I can, ima- layers, I can only imagine layers of tracks. Would they block book a few weeks with you or someone like I've that yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. Well, um, it can also be good to get a break from it. So, like going like four weeks every day is it's not a good idea. You get yeah. massive burnout. So, I think kind of four days in a in a shift is the way to go. Let you do, you can concentrate and get the four days done, and then take a break for a few days and listen yeah. back to what you've done. Or maybe even better, just take a break from it completely. Yeah. And then come in and work on the next bit, or maybe redo bits you weren't happy with. And where if you do it all in one block, yes. it all becomes a blur, and then you can go away at the end of that block, and a week later, going, oh, I don't need that bit, don't need that bit, don't need that bit. So it's better to to split it a little bit, and then Absolutely. take stock of each session, and then maybe do any changes, or or even just come back fresh. Yeah. Difference. Um, I think we've covered a kind of a nice wide range of Irish metal with yeah. those couple of. But bands. don't forget Dead Label. Oh, of course. Yeah, Jesus. I, do, I, do, I do all Dead Label stuff. And they're, they're doing fantastic, aren't they? They're great, don't they? Ah, great, great, great. They're lovely. They did my first episode of this season. Yeah. Yeah, they came ah, to the house. I was listening. I should listen to your stuff, Carl. <laughs> I'm always too busy. I have a ten-year-old daughter. You're up to your eyes. You understand? Oh, you understand? I have a ten-year-old daughter, and I go home, and that's her time, yeah. and then yeah, that's the way to deal. She man. goes to bed, and then normally I go to bed. <laughs> oh, well, as I again, like I can get that, like you know, yeah, so yeah. don't be worrying about that. Yeah, but that. dead label. Um, I do a lot of stuff with them. They have a new video coming out Saturday. Saturday, that's right. We at that way. We at the the video. No, I couldn't go. Claire asked me to come over. I was gonna go as well, but yeah. like, like that. Was, if it's family. on, a, if it, anything that's on a weekend, you can basically count me out. I'm yeah, family. Uh, not weekends work. Oh, work. Oh, yeah, yeah, shit. Yeah. I haven't had a weekend off in in years. Oh, years. I was in Florida there a few weeks ago. So a couple of couple of weeks off. So you can't now, complain. No, can't <laughs> complain. But that's the thing about Ireland. If I was in London or LA or something, you'd have a lot more full time bands or full time musicians. Yeah. Whereas in Ireland, um, 
you have to have a job, don't you? That's it. You're not going to pay two grand a month rent or mortgage. Fucking playing, playing music. Playing the films on a Saturday no. night. So, um, so yes. true, though. Yeah, completely. Um, do you know what? I'm going to... I, I, like I said, I did say to you, we we could talk and talk and talk. Oh, well, I can talk anyone. We can talk and talk and talk. Like that's the thing. We might have to do maybe a second part. Ah, part in, two. In, you know, in, in a in a while. I don't yeah, know yeah. if you'd be able to be up for it. But oh, look, yeah. I'm gonna wrap it up now because uh, yes. as I say, I've read. This has been fantastic. It's yeah, no, it's, it's been great chat, yeah. to get in and just to give people an idea of what goes on with you and yeah. maybe if they haven't been here before, I definitely would recommend it. Come yeah, here, cool. Yeah, you know, so much. absolutely because it's. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It's a fantastic. Um, so I'm gonna just ask you one thing before we go, okay. right? So, if you had the chance to remix three metal albums that you love, if oh. you if you were given the raw f- f- foils, I right, yes. mix them the way you think they should be mixed. Oh, what would they be? Well, maybe not. But that's kind of a. I would answer. I would ask that question a different way. Is right. Like there might be an album that sounds great, but I'd love to mix it myself. Right, it's so, a different question, is it? Well, you're, you're saying it's, uh, there are three albums. Give me that... three metal albums that you think could have been mixed better. How about oh. that? Big ones that you like. Uh, well, obviously, there's just for all. You put bass in it. That's Absolutely. the main one, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, where else would there be? Um, I don't know. It's very hard to say. Like, was there an album that you would have said, oh man, that's a fucking great album? The, the production. Like, for an example, for me, would be Divine and Avenging by Slayer. Yeah, yeah. That's a fantastic album. Yeah, the production yeah. is shocking. Yeah, yeah, but would it be a different album with different production? That's the thing. <coughs> That's why it's a very hard question to answer because, like, if you listen to, like, Obzan by Meshuggah, yeah, which has got Blade on it and stuff, and it's like the guitar sound is crap, like, isn't it? Like, no one will tell you that's an amazing guitar sound. <laughs> yeah. But if you change the guitar sound, would the drum sound as good? Or it's... I it's suppose a, yeah, it's a a hard maybe question. it was a hard question yeah. to ask you, but I don't like. Yeah, know. no, no. I, I would like. Is there? Is there? A, was there ever like if you listen to like even I don't know, for example, let's say like uh, Holy Diver, say, were you ever listening? Going, jeez, I would have loved to do something like with. Oh that, yeah, or, I hear that all the time. Yeah, but like from I'm doing this. How long did I say? Twenty five years. Yeah, and maybe even longer. Like I, I'll find myself listening to an album and then I'll drift off and then realize I'm just listening to the snare drum. Yeah, like I, I, I've got this thing where I can just mute everything else, and like, which is a weird feeling, like, cause it, it, I wouldn't do it consciously. Yeah. So, like, I might be listening to like, say, Iron Maiden, and, thinking, and I'm listening to the vocal reverb, and going, oh my god, and like, like, which it kind of ruins. Like, if somebody listens to a new album and they're like, oh, this is great, I'm enjoying this album, I can't do that anymore. If I listen to something, like, <laughs> I have to analyze it, even if not by choice. Like I say there, I'll, I'll be listening and then I'll I'll drift into the zone in on something. I think and there's too much, too much two hundred and fifty hertz in the guitar as well. Yeah, the snare needs to be loud. I kind of, I find it very hard to listen to something. Where I can understand but, where you're coming from. Yeah, that, though, around what you do, like. So. Yeah, yeah. So it it's like people say, becoming a sound engineer ruins your appreciation of music, and it does a little bit. Yeah, you know, probably. Yeah, because it's yeah, it's kind of what is it would be sixty percent work and forty percent fun mm, then mm. at that stage. So like there might be a new album put out and everyone goes, oh that shit. I'd be going, no, it's not shit, it's awesome because I love the mix. I know another yeah. one that we could we could switch. Yes. Saint Anger. Oh well obviously. The yeah. fucking snare on that. Yeah, yeah. But um the master engineer got an awful lot of shit for that, but apparently he got the files already like that, you know? Oh did he? Yeah, he got it all clipped already. Oh god. So um you can blame is it Rick Rubin? I think it's Rick Rubin. I think it was yeah, he was actually. Yeah. Yeah. Oh who also ruined Californication That's right. A few others. Actually he fucking he he was on autopilot for years. 
Yeah. So he was producing um two albums at one one time at one point and what's the album was it? He did the Colts um I guess Sonic Temple and Rain and Blood yeah. at the same time in two different studios in the same uh, complex. That's that just yeah. sounds wrong, like you know. Yeah, I mean? for sure. Yeah, but two great albums. Absolutely. So listen, um it's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. And That's thank you so much. Yeah. for inviting me in you probably missed half your questions we're just chatting too much but that's it. the way it works and that's <laughs> that's the way I love it yeah you know? sure. yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so if anyone wants to come in they can contact you on Facebook yeah it? yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've done websites and everything and it's just I found with uh, websites or advertising I'll get like karaoke people or, yeah or rappers no, it's nothing bad against rappers but I know what you mean bag, you know so you get singer songwriters or karaoke so I don't do any of that anymore it's yeah. all um I'm found by people who I want to be found Absolutely. by basically. So, so um, like I said, it's all on Facebook. Yeah, it's all on Facebook. Yeah, and Michael Richards are track mix. Um, studio. This is going to sound really cheesy, but I think I can speak for mo- nearly every metal musician in Ireland and saying thanks for everything. <laughs> thanks. No, but it's true though. <laughs> yeah. And you, you laugh, oh, but like, you, yeah. you have such a big influence on... Well, that's great to hear. And, and you know, and that's that. why it, it, this was a big, a, a big podcast for me yeah, to do today. Excellent. So uh, very much. thank you very much yes. from everybody. Okay, thanks <laughs> And I'm sure they'll I'm sure they'll agree with me on that, you know. Come, come for the music, stay for the coffee. There you go. <laughs> Listen, it's been great to do this. Okay, thanks, and, Pat. Uh, thanks again, Roy. Take care. So there you have it. That was Mick from Track Mix Studios. Very, very interesting uh, chat I had with him. Took me an age to get back over from Blanche, but hey, it was well worth it, I must say. Just before I go as well, um, I want to say there's something really good happening with Irish Metal right now. And um, the local bands are killing it as always. But something really big happened yesterday in Limerick, in Saint John, in sorry, in King John's Castle in Limerick. And that was um, Double Metal Events and Bad Reputation joined together. And they brought over um, Amon Amart and Behemoth. And it was apparently... Amazing. I didn't get to go, but gigs like that need to happen more often. So whoever was there, props to you for going. For keeping, you know, Irish metal and Irish metal crowds are fantastic. And the more that these bands see this kind of thing, and that there's more to life than just Dublin and Belfast. So respect and props to everybody um, who did that. And let's hope that this is the start of something really, really good for, for Irish metal fans, Irish metal bands. And the promoters, fair play to you. That's all I have to say. Um, I'm going to leave you with another uh, track mix recorded for song. And this is um, This Place Hell. Until next time, I love you. Bye.